Good morning, everyone. We left off on Gimel Amad Bey's five lines from the bottom. Abaye said in the name of Nachman that when measuring an Amma for Sukkah or Mavoy, you use an Amma of five Tfachim. When you're measuring an Amma for purposes of Kilayim, of separating grapes and other plants in the fields, you use an Amma of six Tfachim. And Gemara understood that it was meant in all cases to be lechumra, to be astringency. So the Gemara asks, Va'ika ritzufim, but there's a case of kilayim where using a larger ama would come out to be a leniency, and that is the case of ritzufim, of continuous plants. Dilakula, uh, where it comes out as a leniency. Ditznan, we learn the Mishnah, if a vineyard is planted with less than four amos between the rows, four amos being the amount of space necessary to properly work the vineyard, do whatever you need to do to keep up the vineyard. So if the rows are planted with less than four amos in between them, it does not have the halachic status of a vineyard, and if you want, you can plant uh, any crops there, because since it's, it's not viable as a vineyard when they're planted too close together, and therefore it's not a vineyard at all, and there's no din of kilayim. That's what Rabbi Shimon says. The Chachamim say that it is a vineyard, and we just imagine that the ones in the middle, the ones that are too close together, are not there. But according to Rabbi Shimon, it comes out, as using a large ama comes out as a leniency because you're saying when is it not a vineyard vines are are too close to each other and how do you measure whether they're too close with large amos the Gemara answers uh it's not a kasha because rav nachman would hold like the rabbanan who say that there is no such halacha because it is a vineyard so it doesn't come out as a leniency or you could say that really Rav Nachman holds like Rav Shimon and when he said all Amos of Kilayim are measured with large Amos he meant most Amos the Marsha has an interesting explanation here we simply would have understood that in each of these cases Sukkah, Mavoy and Kilayim when it says most it means in two out of three situations you use large amos for kilayim, small amos for sukkah and mavoy, and then the other one out of three situations you use the opposite. That's how we would have understood it. That's how we presumably did understand it as we were learning. But the Marsha points out that by kilayim there's a second case where small amos would be used. So it comes out as two and two. So how can you say rov amos? So rather, according to Marsha, it means if you add up the amos themselves, so we said that in a vineyard, there's a halacha of karachasa kerem, the bald spot in the kerem, and there, according to uh, Beis Hillel, the shear is 16 amos, and there's the halacha of machol hakerem, the area around the kerem, and there, according to Beis Hillel, the shear is 8 amos, that makes 24, compared to this case where the shear is 4, and the other case, also, the shear is four, it adds up to eight. So more almost 
24 amos are measured with large amos, whereas only 8 amos are measured with small amos. That's how the Marsha explains the Gemara. And similarly, the Sukkah and Malvoy, he says, when it says most, it means add up how many amos we're talking about. And there are more Sukkah amos measured with small amos than there are with large amos. And the same thing by Malvoy. All of that was Abaye's opinion uh, of what Rav Nachman said. The Rava Mishmed Rav Nachman Amar, Rava said in the name of Rav Nachman, Kol Amot Amabat Shisha, all Amos are measured with six Tvachim. Ela Halalu Shochakot, Sochakot, Halalu Atsevan. Except that some Amos are happy and some Amos are sad. An Ama is six Tvachim, a Tefach is a hand's breadth. Sometimes you measure with your fingers spread out, or the way some learn, it means that a tefach is four thumb widths, but you measure with the thumb widths a little bit separated from each other, and other times you measure them with very close together, as if when, you're sa- when a person's sad, he, he constricts into himself, as a person, when, times when a person's happy, so he's all you know, expansive and bubbly. So that's the expression is happy and sad. The Brisa says, all Amos of Chachamim said have six Tvachim, except that they're not all equal. That is, some are happy and some are sad, some are wide and some are narrow. So, according to Rava, we understand this crisis. It says they're not all equal, meaning some are some are wider and some are narrower. El alabaye kasha, but this price is a kasha on abaye because abaye said the Rav Nachman said that not all amos are equal. Some amos are six tvachim and some amos are five tvachim. Amalacha abaye, so abaye would say to you, Ema amakilayim b'amabatishan. Change the Brisa to say not all almost, but all almost of Kilayim are six tvachim. So the Gemara asked, how can you just change the Brisa of Amidiktani Seifa? But it says in the Seifa, the Brisa of Yeshua Gamliel Omer, Kol Amot Shamru Chachamim B'Kilayim B'Amavat Shisha B'Vaj Lo Yehu Mehutsum Tzamot. Gamliel says that all in the Seifa of the Brisa. All Amos that the Chachamim spoke of regarding Kilayim are of six Tvachim, as long as they aren't, again, very, very narrow. Michlal, the Tanakama, Kolamot Kamar. So for Bishim Gamliel says Kilayim, the Chachamim must be saying something different, and that is all Amos. So it's a Kasha on Abaye. Abaye would say it's not a Kasha on me. Isn't there the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel in the Brisa that only by Kilayim you use six Tvachim? I hold like Rabbi Shimon, like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel that six, six Tvachim is for Kilayim and for other purposes you use five Tvachim. Yumara continues, According to Abaye, you have to say that Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and the Chachamim are arguing. According to Rava, do we have to say that there's an argument, or is there a way to explain the Brisa that Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and the Chachamim are not arguing? Amal Rava would say to you, in fact, they're not arguing. 
Rabban Shimon ben Galil ha'at al Hashmeinan amat kilayim lo yitzamtzim. That Rabban Shimon ben Galil was not coming to say that only a, only an ama of kilayim is six tachim. He was coming to say that when you measure an ama of kilayim, it should be the wide kind, not the narrow kind. In other words, you would read the brisa as the Chachamim saying, all amos have six tachim, and Rabban Shimon ben Galil says. Yes, but the six Tvachim Amma of Kilayim should be a wide, using a wide Tefach, not a narrow Tefach. So the Gemara asks, So let him say that. Why did he mention that Kilayim is measured with a six Tvachim Amma if the Chachamim also hold that way? My love, wasn't he coming to exclude Sukkah and Mavoy? Our answer is low. No, he's coming to exclude the ama of the mizbeach and the ama of the ledge halfway up the mizbeach where the kohanim walked when they had to put the blood on the corners of the mizbeach for certain korbanos. So they, there was a ledge that they walked on, and those amos were five tvachim. As the Pasuk says in Yechezkel, Ve'ela midot ha-mizbeach, these are the measurements of the Mizbeach, Ba'amot ama, ama v'tofach, pronounced tofach in the Pasuk. So these are the measurements of the Mizbeach, an ama, which is an ama and a tefach. In other words, the Mizbeach is measured with amos of six tefachim, which is an ama of five tefachim plus a tefach. Ve'chek ama ve'ama uh, except for the following which are measured with an ama of five tachim the base of the Mizbeach which is the Yisod as Gemara will say and the ama of width and the measurement at the top around and the top of the Mizbeach so Gemara will explain the chekama, the base of the, the base of the mizbeach, which is an ama, is the yisod, the the foundation where you would pour the leftover blood after putting what needed to be put on the corners or on the sides of the mizbeach. The ama rochav zesovev, an ama of width. This is the sovev that encircles the mizbeach, the ledge where the kohanim would walk. The border on the lip around refers to the corners, the, like the horns that protruded from the four corners of the Mizbech. The Zegav Mizbech, Zemizbech HaZahav, and this is the top of the, the back, the top of the Mizbech, refers to the golden Mizbech inside the Heichal where the Torah was brought, which was one Amma by one Amma. Rashi has detailed explanation that is not like what I just said. And then at the end, there's a note that someone inserted into Rashi. Uh, sounds like it was inserted by student of Rashi that's saying that Rashi told us differently. Tosos also points out that Rashi to Yechezkel explains differently. So the explanation that I just gave was based on the student's note in the, at the end of the Rashi where the wide lines are. And Tosos citing Rashi's explanation in Yechezkel, but Rashi here in the Gemara actually explains it differently in terms of what 
the rest of how the rest of the Mizbeach was. Was it with six Tvachim or five Tvachim? But the, the Pshat of the Pasuk, the way Rashi explains the Pasuk, is that it's saying all Amos were six Tvachim except the following, which were five Tvachim. Gemara continues. Amar Rechia Ashi. Rechia Ashi said, Amarav, that Rav said, Shirin Chatitzin Umechitzin Halachal Moshevi Sinai. Shirin, all the different measurements that we use for different halachic purposes, and Chatitzin, a Chatitza, a separation when going to the mikvah, if there's a Chatitza, if there's some material on the person's body, and Mechitzin, and the laws of a Mechitza, that the halachic definition of a machitza is ten tefachim high, and all the other laws of the machitza, many of which we will learn in this masechet, they are all halach l'moshemisinai. They're not found in the Torah. They were given orally to Moshe at Har Sinai. So Gemara is now going to challenge that statement. Shurin doraitahu. What do you mean shurin are halach l'moshemisinai? They're found in the Torah. Tichtiv, because the pasuk says. Eretz Chitao Sorah, we have the, the, in last week's Parsha, the list of the Shiva Saminim, the seven species with which Eretz Yisrael is blessed. This entire Pasuk was, was taught in order to teach us the measurements of the Torah, the measurements that apply to Torah laws. The Ritva asks, what do you mean this whole Pasuk was taught for that purpose? We use this Pasuk in Masachet Brachos to teach us the proper order in which to say Brachos. So it does have another purpose. The ritual says that the Gemara means here to ask, why are these seven species singled out? Eretzrael is today known for its oranges and grapefruits much more than for its wheat and barley and so on. And lots of things grow in Israel. Why, why, is this, why are these things singled out? Igmar is answering, they are singled out because we learn shurim from them. We learn the measurements from them. And why does the Gemara and Brachos say that we learn from here in what order to say Brachos on food? Because these things are so special that we learn shurim for them. Therefore, we use them to establish the order of priority for brachos. Needs a little further explanation because brachos are drabanon, but that's what the Ritva says. So, Gmar Darshans, chita, lekiditnan, why does it say chita, wheat? For the halacha that, hanichnas lebayit menugav, a person goes into a house that has tsaras, the kilav oktifav, if he's carrying his jacket on his shoulder, the sandalav, the tavutav, the yadav, he's carrying his shoes and his rings in his hand. He's carrying his ring rather than wearing it, or his shoes. They are tame immediately. He and the clothes are tame immediately, because the Pasuk says, whatever comes into the house will be tame. But, but if he was wearing his clothing, and his shoes were on his feet, and his rings were on his fingers, who miyad? He is tame immediately from entering the house with saras. Vehein tahorin, but they, the clothing remained tahor ad pras until he stays in the house long enough to eat a pras of bread, which is four eggs. And what kind of bread? Patchitin, wheat bread below pats not barley bread. May save sitting down. 
not wandering around. Vochel beliftan, eating it with garnish. All of those are things that make you eat faster. Wheat bread, you can eat faster than barley bread. You eat faster sitting down than when you're wandering around the room. And you eat faster when you have something delicious on your bread than when you just have plain bread. Because the Pasuk says, one who eats in the house should wash his clothing. And Gemara Darshans, it doesn't mean that eating in the house makes your clothes tame. It means staying in the house long enough to eat makes your clothes tame. And eat what? Eat a pras of wheat bread. So that's what chita is for. Seora, what is seora for? Gar- barley? Ditznan? So we learn the Mishnah, etzem kesora magav masa. A human bone the size of a kernel of barley makes a person tame if he touches it or carries it. They know the ohel, but it's not the tame ohel. In order for bones without flesh to be to be metame ohel, to make a person who's in the same room tame, has to be a substantial part of the body present. That's if the bones have have no flesh on them. But, but for carrying or touching. Even a bone the size of a barley kernel uh, is natame. Carrying means carrying it without touching it, like it's inside a bag. Gefen, what do we learn? What shear do we learn from Gefen? Kidei revi'it yayin nazir, that a nazir who drinks a revius of yayin is chayef makos. Te'ina, what shear do we learn from fig? Kigrogeret lotat shabbat, that the shear for carrying on Shabbos is a dry fig. Rimon, what year do we learn from pomegranate? Kiditan, learn the Mishnah. The measure of when a pot is broken and no longer is is when the hole is big enough for a pomegranate to fall through it. If, if you have a pot that has a hole the size of a barley kernel, you'll just use that pot to hold something bigger than a barley kernel. And if it has a hole the size of a, of a grape, you'll use some of the pot to hold things bigger than grapes, and so on and so on, until the hole is as big as a pomegranate, then you'll throw the pot away. And this specifically refers to clay balay batim, to pots that you have at home, as opposed to uh, pots in the store. Uh, they are not the kabbaltumah when they have even a small hole because nobody would buy them. It's only once you already own the pot that you'll keep improvising to, as the hole gets bigger and bigger, you'll improvise to use it for something else before you ultimately throw it away. So as long as it's usable, it's makabal tuma, it, it can become tame, and once it's not usable anymore, even if you don't throw it away, it's not makabal tuma. Eretz Zeit Shemen, and the Pasuk says, the land of olive oil, or, or olives of oil, Eretz Shekol Shurek is a team. It's a land where all the Shurim are like olives. Mar asked, Kol Shurek Sagadaytach, Ba'ikahani, Ba'amran. All the Shurim are like olives? You just told me they're Shurim that are like wheat and barley and figs and pomegranates. Ela, Ema, Eretz Shurek Shurek is a team. Rather, it means a land where most of the Shurim are like olives. That is, most, almost all Shurim having to do with eating not all, but almost all, are olives. If a person eats a kezayis of chelev, drinks a kezayis of blood, or eats a kezayis of 
carbon that was left over past its time, which is called nosar, or a carbon that was shechted with the intention of eating it, the, eating it at the wrong time, which is pigol, or a kazayas of nevela, an animal that died without shechita, or not kazayas of non-kosher animals, or a, being in the same ohel, in the same room with the kazayas of corpse, uh, or touching a kazayas of a nevela. So all of these shurim are with a kazayas. That, that list was from Rashi. Dvash, then the, the last of the Shiva Saminim is Dvash, Dehani, Kekotevet Hagasal Yom Kippurim. The shear for Mikhaya for eating on Yom Kippur is a fat date. So, what do you mean, Shurim or Halacha Lamoshim Sinai? They're all in this Pasuk. So, Gemara says, Tisbra, Shurim Yachtaf TV. Do you really think that? Does it really say anything in this pasuk about shiurim? It just says Eretz Chitav Sarah Yefen Etzinav Rimon Eretz Eichem Shemen Udvash. It just lists produce in this pasuk. It doesn't say a word about shiurim. Ella Hilchataninu. Rather, shiurim are halacha l'moshni Sinai. Vasmechinu Rabbanan Akrai, and the Chachamim supported them with a pasuk. So the Rambam explains that it means that. The Pasuk is a way to remember the Halacha. That's what means the Chachamim supported it with the Pasuk. It was really Halacha Moshe Sinai. Chachamim gave us a Pasuk to help us remember. Many times in Shas we find a reference to an Asmachta. You say something is Drabanan, and the Pasuk is an Asmachta. There, too, some Rishonim, Rambam, the Ibn Ezra, understand that it means it's just a way to remember. In general, the Ritva argues very strongly says asmachta is not simply a way to remember, but rather sometimes the Torah tells us to do something. The Torah tells us to put, to put on tefillin. The Torah tells us to keep Shabbos. But sometimes the Torah just hints, and it's telling the Chachamim, if you make such and such decree, I, God, will approve. It won't be a Doraisa, but I hinted in the Torah that I approve of making the following decree, and that the ritual says that's a proper understanding of an asmachta. That something is Drabanan, but Drabanan found a hint in the Pasuk that this is what God wants. That's a Machokis in general. Here, the Rambam says that it's just a reminder, and I'm not sure if the Ritva would argue in this case, because it specifically says it's a halacha l'moshvi Sinai, and the Rabbanan supported it with the Pasuk. So, the Archcourt has a footnote that says, the Rabbis link these orally received laws to the verse but do not mean they're actually implicit in it. When they say orally received laws, is that the same thing as a halakha l'moshe m'sinai? Those two separate things. No, that's what halakha l'moshe m'sinai means. That Hashem told it to Moshe, something that, that doesn't have a basis in the Torah. The Chachamim came along later, and they said, we're going we're gonna to give you a hint we're gonna, in the Torah to help you remember it. But certain things Hashem told Moshe that have, actually have no specific basis in the Torah. It is different than Torah Shabbat Peh. Torah Shabbat Peh is the commentary on the Torah Shabbat that Hashem told Moshe. In other words, Hashem gave Moshe three things. Hashem gave Moshe the written Torah. Hashem gave Moshe the oral Torah, which is the commentary on the written Torah. And Hashem gave Moshe halacha l'moshe Sinai orally transmitted laws which are just, here's a law. No commentary, no pasuk. It's just a law. I'm telling you, keep this law. So the shiurim and chatzitzin and mechitzin, the three things we're talking about here, are in that last category. 
where Hashem just told Moshe, here's the law, there's no hint to it in the Torah, as opposed to the entire Gemara, the Torah of Alpeh, which Hashem told Moshe in some form, but it's as a commentary on the Torah of the second thing that we said was was the law that when you go to the mikvah, you can't have something separating your skin from the water. Sumar so says, what do you mean this halacha l'moshinisinai? Do right, I know it's learned from a pasuk. Virachat et kol b'sero. Pasuk says you should wash all of your flesh. Shlo yehei davarchot seitz bein b'sero l'mayim. That there should not be a separation between your flesh and the water. B'mayim, the pasuk says, b'mayim, b'mei mikveh, in gathered water. What we call a mikvah. Kol b'sero b'may, kol b'sero, it says all your flesh. Mayim shekol gufo olemehen. Water that is sufficient to cover your entire body, the Kamahain, how much is that? Ama alama barum gimel amot. It's three cubic amos. That's the minimum shear, the shearuchamim, menifem menseah. The chachamim estimated how much is three cubic amos, 40 seah. That's the minimum shear of a mikvah. But you see that it's learned, that the din of chatzitza, of separation, is learned from Pasa. It's not a halachalom of Sinai. Our answer is the halacha l'moshe sinai was necessary for hair. The pasuk says that all of your flesh should be in the water. The and the halacha l'moshe sinai says in addition, all of your hair should come in contact with the water. Your hair is not your flesh. Ukidarava baravuna, like Rava baravuna taught, Dama Rava baravuna nima achak shura If you have one hair knotted. That is a chatzitsa, because when one hair is knotted, it's going to be a tight knot, and the water is not going to get into the knot, and some of your hair won't come in contact with the, with the water of the mikvah. Shalosh, if you have three hairs knotted together, inan chatzitsa, that's not a chatzitsa, because that won't be such a tight knot. Water will get inside. Shtaim eniodea. Two, I don't know. That's what Allah Halomosh Misinai is coming for. It's coming to tell me that your hair has to be immersed in the mikvah. Sumar says, what do you mean? Saronami doraitahu. That's also doraisa, titania. Virachat et kol The Pasuk says you should wash et kol The word et was superfluous. They could have said virachat kol You should wash all your flesh. Why does it say et kol So we know that the word et is always a reboy. It comes to include something. Et comes to tell you to include the thing which is secondary to your flesh, as they are. So the Gemara says, Ki hilchata lirubo So the Gemara answers, Sinai is coming to tell me the din of the majority of your body versus the minority of your body, and where you care versus you don't care. as Rabbi Yitzchak explains. Damar of Yitzchak, Yitzchak said, Dvar Torah, according to the Torah, meaning, Halacha Lomoshmi Sinai, Rubo Umakpid Alav Chotzeitz. When is something a chatzitza? If it covers most of your body and it bothers you. Let's take a case of house paint. You have house paint on your body. If you are a house painter, you probably don't care so much if you have house paint all over your body. Before Shabbos, you'll wash it off. But the rest of the week, you don't care. It's an advertisement for your, for your job. According to the Halacha Lomoshmi Sinai, it's only a chatzitza if it covers most of your body and it bothers you. 
But if it doesn't bother you, it's not, it's not a chatzitza. That's the halacha of Moshe Misina. The gazru and the chachamim were gozer al rubo sheino makpid. If it covers most of your body, even if it doesn't bother you, mishum rubo hamakpid. Because of a case where it covers most of your body and it does bother you. If you're a lawyer or a computer programmer or a meteorologist or a lobbyist, then it does bother you if your body is covered with paint. Except if you're working from home and nobody gets seasick. That's that's true until until you have a Zoom meeting. So Dvar Torah Rubo According to the Torah, meaning according to Halacha Lomoshni Sinai, if it covers most of your body and it bothers you, it's a chatzitza. The Sheino Makpid Alav Eino Chotzeitz. If it doesn't bother you, it's not a chatzitza. The gazru al rubo shino makpid, shino rubo makpid. The chachamim would goes there on the case where it covers most of your body, even if it doesn't bother you, because of the case where it covers most of your body and it does bother you. The miuto makpid, and he also would goes there on the case where it covers minority of your body, but it bothers you, shino rubo makpid, because of the case where it covers most of your body and it bothers you. Gemara asks, the ligzor nami al miuto shino makpid, shino miuto makpid. Why not be goes there? Also, on a case where it covers a minority of your body and it doesn't bother you, because of a case where it covers a minority of your body and it does bother you, inami, alternatively, or because of a case where it covers a majority of your body and it does bother you. Now, there's most people, if they have a little ink stain on the palm of their hand, the size of a penny, let's say, it doesn't bother them. So that would not be a chatzitza. It's the minority of your body and it doesn't bother you. But why weren't the chachamim gozer in that situation? Because of the possibility of confusing it with the other situations. The Gemara answers, he gufagzera, the halacha of rubo sheno the majority that you don't care about, or the minority that you do care about, are themselves gzera, but not nekom v'nigzor gzera l'gzera, and we should make gzera on gzera. We don't do that. That's a general rule. We don't make gzera to protect gzera. We make gzera to protect the doraisa. We don't make gzera to protect gzera. Sometimes we say it was all part of the same gzera. And here, when the chachamim made the original gzera, they didn't feel the need to make gzera on a minority that doesn't bother you, and we're not going to add to the gzera. That would be gzera l'gzera. The third thing that we said is a halacha l'moshvi sinai is mechitzos, the shiurim of mechitzos, that a mechitza is ten tfachim high. Not necessarily talking about a mechitza in shul. There's a machlokas between 20th century poskim in particular. Uh, what is the definition of a mechitza in shul? We're talking about a mechitza of a sukkah, a mechitza of an erov, the wall of a sukkah or the wall of an erov. How big does it have to be? And we said, Halacha Lamoshmi Sinai, it has to be ten tfachim. Mar says, Really? Doraisa Ninu, that's a Doraisa, it's a Kumapasa. The Amar Mar, because we learned in a Brisa, Aron Tisha, the Aron was nine tfachim tall, the Kapura Tefach, and the cover of the Aron was one Tefach, Harekan Asara, that makes ten. What does that have to do with Mechitzos? The Gemara says in Sukkah that Hashem never came closer to the ground than ten tfachim. Ten, up to ten tfachim belongs to man, and above ten tfachim belongs to God. When we learn Masachat Sukkah, maybe we'll talk about that more in depth. It obviously touches on Kabbalistic concepts, so we won't talk about it in too much depth. The borderline between our territory and Hashem's territory is ten tfachim off the ground. 
How do we know that? Because the Torah says that Hashem spoke to Moshe from above the Kaporis. So the Shekhinah came down to ten Tvachim above the ground, to the top of the Kaporis, to speak with Moshe. The Kaporis is the top of Aaron. So the Aaron is nine Tvachim tall, and the Kaporis is an additional Tefach, the cover of the Aaron is an additional Tefach. You see that ten Tvachim is a separate Rishos, it's a separate domain. If it's a separate domain, it has to have a law of mechitza, of a wall around it. Otherwise, how would it be a separate domain? So you see that a wall is ten fachim. But all of that can be derived from sukkim, from the fact that the Aaron was, was an amma and a half tall, an amma six fachim, a half an amma is three fachim, that's nine fachim, and a kaporis is one tefach, plus the pasuk that says that Hashem spoke to Moshe from above the kaporis, that can all be learned from sukkim. What Salah Moshe Sinai for? So the Gemara answers, It's necessary, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says that the Amos of the construction of the Beis HaMegash was six Fachim, the Mishkan, but the Amos of the Kalim, of the vessels of the Mishkan and Beis HaMegash were five Fachim. So the Aron was not nine Tfachim plus one Tefach, it was seven and a half Tfachim plus one Tefach. Because the Torah says the Aron is an Amma and a half tall. An Amma is five Tfachim, half an Amma is two and a half Tfachim, that makes seven and a half. A Kaporis, the Kaporis is one Tefach, that makes eight and a half. So you cannot learn from the Aron that a Mechitza is ten Tfachim, that a separate Rishos is ten Tfachim high. So you need a Halachalon Shisinai. Ruler Rabbi Meir, Damar Kolamot Hayubibainuniyat. Now, according to Rabbi Meir, who says all Amos were six Tvachim, medium Amos means six Tvachim. My Ikalamemar, what can you say? In other words, we just learned from a Pasuk that a Mechitza is ten Tvachim high. We learned it from the Aron. So, what is the Halachal Moshe Sinai relating to Mechitzas? Kiyatai Hilchata, the Halachal Moshe Sinai is coming. For the halachos of Gud and Lavud and Dofen Akuma. Dofen Akuma we talked about yesterday, that in a sukkah you can have a bent wall, like the eaves of your house, the, the wall of your house, and then it turns 90 degrees, and you have the eaves of your house, and that could be up to four, almost wide. It's still considered part of the wall, and the schach doesn't, doesn't have to reach the wall, it just has to reach the eaves of your house. The Dofen Akuma, the bent wall. So that's the halacha of Moshe Sinai. Lavud is the halacha that a space of less than three Tvachim is considered as if it's not there. And we will discuss that many other times in this Masechet. There are two possible ways to understand it. Does it mean that if two, if two things are less than three Tvachim apart, we view it as if the space between them is full? Or does it mean if the space between them, if the space between them is less than three tvachim, we view it as if there is no space? And there are that sounds like a subtle distinction, but there are halachic differences between which way you look at it. We'll talk about other on other occasions. And good is the halacha that we can imagine something going up or down. See a picture from Google Street View of a telephone pole with a board of wood on it. This is an actual part of our Eru. We have a Tzurasa Pesach we talked about is two side posts and a post on top. So a telephone pole with a wire going over the top of the telephone pole. You have two, two telephone poles, I should say. 
with a wire going between them over the top, that would be at Sursa Pesach, but not all telephone poles are built that way. So sometimes we have to use a different wire. The lowest wire on this pole is either the Verizon wire or the Comcast wire, and we'll put a lechi under it. Ideally, we will run a lechi straight up the pole till touching the wire, but sometimes we, for whatever reason, can't do that. So we just take a board that is at least 10 tefachim high and put it under the wire. And a principle called Gud Asik says that if that board is under the wire, then we view it as if the board continues upwards until it hits the wire. It's the same thing when you build your sukkah, the walls don't necessarily need to reach the schach. If, if the schach is on top of the walls and the walls are 10 tefachim high, then, then we view it as if the walls run upwards until they intersect, until they hit the schach. There's also another principle called Gud Achis, which is where we view something as if it goes downward. For example, there's, a, there's an opinion in the Mishnah, which we don't possibly like, that the walls of the sukkah can, don't have to reach anywhere near the ground. We hold they have to reach within three tefachim of the ground. They have to be lovewood to the ground. But Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah holds that the walls of the sukkah don't need to go anywhere near the ground because of the principle of good achis. We extend, we view them as extending downwards. So that is the concept of good, lavud, and dofen akuma. Dofen akuma we will not talk about much in this Masachet. That belongs to Masachet Sukkah. But good and lavud we will see repeatedly as we go through, especially the first several prakim of the Masachet. Have a good day.